You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Thank you. You can have a seat. You know, I knew this scripture was in the Bible, and it took me all day to find it. My problem is I have 13 translations, and I didn't remember which translation it was in. But in Psalm 139, verse 11, David says, For thou, O Lord, hath possessed my reins. Who wants to be possessed by the Holy Ghost? You know, if the enemy can possess a man, why not God possess a man? Anything that enemy can do, God can do like a kajillion times better, right? So, Father, possess our reins. Take us body, soul, and spirit. Take us, Lord. We surrender. We surrender to the light that is within. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, one of the things I've discovered over the years about darkness, darkness is a squatter. Darkness is homeless. It's a squatter. You shut off the lights and the darkness comes in. Squats here. And then as soon as you turn on the light, bam, it's got to go. Okay. How many of you have cell phones here? All right. How many of you have a flashlight on your cell phone? How many of you have a flash dark on your, flash, uh, on your phone? Do you have a flash dark on your phone? It's a squatter. The darkness has no authority. It has no place. It is a squatter. You turn on the light and the darkness runs away like a scared little kid. Darkness squats where the light is not planted. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Now what is that? Is that light a doctrine? Is it a theology? What is the light of the world? Is it your church? Is it worship? What is the light of the world? It's this very deep, by the way, just to warn you. The light of the world is the light of the world. Jesus Christ himself. And his light reigns in simple people like you and I. The light shines in darkness, the scripture says, and the darkness has not overcome it. I want to talk to you tonight. I had, I was a good boy. I'm supposed to talk about God watchers this morning and the voice tonight. So we had a little wrestling match this afternoon, me and the Holy Ghost. Because I wanted to stay with the program. And I wish I would lose more often, but I can happily say I lost the, today's fight. Because I want to tell you something about the light of the world. I want to tell you something that is the foundation to everything we talk about. You know, I, I, I've written this book 
The Forgotten Mountain. I've written The Voice. I've written The, uh, the God Watchers. Foundational to these books is that there is a heart that is submitted to the king. Otherwise, the only voice we want to hear is the voice that's going to puff us up. The only thing we want to see God do are the things that's going to make me look like big stuff. So the key is to understand that the light must rule within. And that happens how? How does the light rule within? You have to die. You have to surrender. But let me tell you something. How many of you would like to have a complete and total 187% end to spiritual warfare? You already have? How would you like to never have to rebuke the devil, yell at him, blame the devil? I'll tell you the secret to that. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not comprehended it. You are the light of the world. If the light shines in you, the squatter darkness has no place to hide. As you surrender, as you die, as you repent, as you live in brokenness, the light shines brighter and brighter and brighter. Those of you who have read the chronicles of, uh, of, of Solomon's temple, you understand that the glory, the light of the glory of God, the light of God's presence was so powerful between the cherubim on the mercy seat that it was so powerful that there was no shadows. There were gold, golden angels on either side of it, but the light was so bright it wrapped around them and there was no darkness. There was no shadow. That's how bright the light was that is in the temple. Now that pulsating, vibrating, powerful, never-ending light of the world is on your mercy seat, in your heart. And you got that light pulsing and pulsating and powerful. Does darkness have the ability to penetrate the light of the world? Does it? Nope, it doesn't. Remember, darkness is a squatter. It has no power. It has no authority. It only takes the room where we shut off the light. You don't shut off the light, darkness can't live there. It really, yes. Yes, it is. It's really, it really is just that easy. Instead of blaming your wife, your kids, the dog, the president, your boss, and you say, Lord, it is me in the need of prayer. Every time, every time you surrender yourself to him, that light brightens. And, and, and like John, the, John said so profoundly, I must decrease and he must increase. 
as I decrease, he increases. And I want you to know something. I am here with a very special prophetic message for you. I'm coming to you with a promise from God. Kathy's been listening to me for a million years, and I don't talk like this. But I'm coming to you with the promise. If you decrease, he will increase. If you surrender, because God's got his eyes on Africa. God's got a plan for this, for this continent, not just nation. Not just the nation. He's got a plan for it. And his spirit broods over the face of the deep, looking for those who are going to surrender to him. And his spirit is going to rise in them, and there'll be no end to what you can do. Somebody is going to save Africa. Somebody is going to rise up. Somebody is going to face the giants. Somebody is going to shine their light so that the darkness will dissipate. And I promise you it will dissipate because darkness is a squatter. It has no place to live. It has no right, no authority. It's scared. It just runs. Turn on the light. Let the light shine. Let the light of the world shine through you. I'm telling you, I'm not talking through my hat. I'm telling you what I'm seeing in the spirit. Somebody, somebody, somebody is going to change Africa. Somebody is going to save her. Somebody is going to cause her to rise into her destiny because Africa is not just is not an inanimate object. Africa is you. You are Africa. I'll tell you, ignorant people said, called Africa the dark continent, but they were ignorant people. God looks upon Africa and says, the light of the world. Somebody is going to hear the spirit of the Lord, and somebody is going to sacrifice themselves. There will be people who will say yes to him, who are going to be willing to pay the price because the light must shine here. I'm telling you, write it down. Mark the date. Africa's time has come. This is in motion. You know, there's a, how many countries are there in this, in this continent? How many cities are there in this continent? How many places could I be prophesying this? But where am I at? I'm at this church. And would to God that there are other men like me all over Africa doing the same thing, and I pray that there are. Because the fire of God's presence is going to arise in his people. It's not going to burn down the buildings. It's not going to burn down the jungle. It's going to burn up the dross and the flesh and the things in me that keep God from doing what he wants to do through you. I want to tell you something. You have a deposit to make. You, you have a specific deposit to make. You have a specific deposit. You have something that heaven wove into you when he wove you in, in your mother's womb. He wove into you a deposit that this planet is desperate for, that this continent is desperate for. You give yourself to him, and you, will, and you are the light of the world. You give yourself to him, and that deposit that he's given you is a seed that falls into the ground of your earth. And do you know what the fertilizer is? The fertilizer is humility and brokenness. 
If you are willing to stay humble, and if you are willing to live in broken repentance, that's the, that's the fertile ground out of which God's plan for you will blossom. You are the light of the world. Amen. You are the light of the world. Christ in you is the hope of the world. Christ in you. Christ in you is what the world craves. The world doesn't want your religion. I'm sorry. He doesn't want your religion. He doesn't want your systems. What he wants, what the world is desperate for, is the living reality of the Christ of God. The world craves for King Jesus. Who will be an accurate representation of his life? Who will be an accurate representation of the presence and the power of God? Who is more interested in carrying the character of the Father to the nations of the world than they are carrying anything else? Sure, 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 raise the dead, cast out devils, do all these things, gets a lot of hubbub, gets a lot of fanfare, but it doesn't change the world. For all the miracles that have happened in this continent, don't throw nothing at me, unless it's an iPhone 7. All the miracles that have happened in this continent and nothing much has changed. All the miracles in Nigeria and it's still Nigeria. All the miracles in all the different, all the different countries and but don't, that, um, it just hasn't changed. It's because the inner transformational power of the Holy Spirit that sets the presence of God, plants him permanently in the life of a nation, is in you. At the end of the day, somebody doesn't want, somebody doesn't want a miracle. They want their stomach filled. At the end of the day, they want their spirit filled. At the end of the day, they want to know they were born for a reason. They want to know they were here for a purpose. Why do you think that so many people, that everybody looks around for their reason to live? Because God planted that in them. God wove that into them. Of all the things you can give, you, can, you, you have the hope of the world. The good news is that Jesus has a dream for you that only you can fulfill. He's dreamed a dream that only you can fulfill. You are the one who says yes. You are the one who is the light of the world. The scripture says, I have prepared a lamp for mine anointed. Who do you think that lamp is? I have prepared the lamp for mine anointed. Certainly the lamp is Christ. But now Christ is in us. And you and I are the lamp of his anointed. You and I are the lamp that carries the very essence, the very light, the very power, love, and mercy of God to the four corners of the earth. This is why we were born. This is why he called us out of darkness and planted us into the kingdom of his beloved son. The we, that we might be those who will simply say yes. You know, it's easier to volunteer for the church than it is to die. It's easier to pay tithe than it is to die. 
Now, not that you shouldn't volunteer for the church and not that you shouldn't tithe, but at the end of the day, if you're doing all that stuff and you ain't dying, you're not doing much good for the continent. Because you are the gift. Let me tell you something. In the outer court, we give gifts. In the holy place, we tithe. But in the most holy place, you are the tithe of the Lord to the nations. You are the portion of the Lord to the nations. You are the cream. You are the 10% that God sends to the nations. So everything you have done, there's nothing wrong with it as long as you're dying, as long as you're surrendering, as long as you're putting yourself in the position where the light of the world finds its place in you with great power. You know, he didn't call us a torch. He did not prepare a torch for his anointed. He prepared a lamp for his anointed. You light a torch, heavy wind, it goes out. Light a lamp, heavy wind, it stays lit. You are the light of the world. You are the one who carries the life and the love of God to the nations. The question is, who will do it? Who will respond? Who is willing to be that somebody that God can use? There is a uh, there is a passage in Roman that Romans that absolutely blows me away, and, and I want to read it to you. It's Romans chapter eight, and I'm sorry, guys, I don't have the verse. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glorious to be be revealed. For the anxious longing of creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For creation was set, subjected to futility, not willingly, and hope that the creation itself will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth. See, we are so full of externals. Most of our life, our five senses, are connected with the externals. Sight, sound, hearing, touch, smell, taste connect us with the outside world. Isn't that right? They connect us with the outside world. But, but, but Paul f- does a number on us here. He says, the pains of childbirth have come. Well, that doesn't sound like something I can touch outside. It sounds like something that happens inside. The groaning of the Spirit of God within so that the Son of God may come forth. Yes, we are all going to bear the sun. But our journey is not an external journey. It's an inward journey. The only way I can be effective in the outward is if there is a journey inward. 
The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. He is within. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in heaven. <laughs> it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in our worship. That's a good charismatic teaching. Worship, presence of God comes down and fills it. You know, that happened in the wilderness. But in the holy place, God ain't satisfied to dwell without. He's looking for a permanent dwelling place, and that is within. See, in the outer court, I sing songs. In the holy place, I worship. And the presence of God rests in our worship. But in the holy, most holy place, I am worship. Every breath I take, every move I make, I'm, I am worship. And the presence of God has taken up permanent, permanent, did I say permanent? Yep. Permanent residence within us. This is what changes the world. The journey is internal. It's not external. But we like, you know, thank God for the wilderness. Wilderness brought the children of Israel from Egypt to Canaan. But at the end of the day, the wilderness was not all, not all that it was cracked up to be. There were tremendous miracles, but they kept walking in circles. Okay, all the things, all the external things of the wilderness were internalized in Canaan. The manna that came from heaven becomes the bread of life within. The fire that warms us this night is the presence of God. The rock that followed us in the wilderness is now the river of his presence within. See, as long as, as, long as the systems of this world, as long as religion can keep you focused external, as long as your faith is dependent upon what you see, hear, touch, smell, taste, you will never find the fellowship of the king within because this is where he is. There's a passage in Numbers that haunts me when Korah staged his little rebellion and he called them all to the tent of meeting. God said, I got something to say to Israel. I want to use the prophet I'd give him a dream, or I'd give him a vision, right? says, not so with Moses. I got something to say to Moses, and it's face to face. It's spirit to spirit. It's inner to inner. It's deep to deep. When you find the deep to deep, the externals, while they can be exciting and fun and all that stuff, it's not something you need. In fact, I want to tell you something. I have, I have come to discover our house is a whole lot more quiet than it used to be because we used to have worship music going all the time. And I found that even worship music is noise when I'm trying to hear the voice of God sometimes. Even a good sermon is noise when God's trying to talk. So humanity 
in its need and its passion to drown out the inner Christ. We create earbuds and everything so that we don't have to be alone with our thoughts. Do you realize that? Humanity never has to be alone with his thoughts. There's now sleep buds. You can put them in, they're uh, Bluetooth. You don't even have to listen to yourself while you're going to sleep. Do you hear what I'm saying? Our journey is within, the Christ is within, and he's saying, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you peace. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There is an inner call in the very presence of God in your heart. There is an inner call to come fellowship with him. If anyone, what does the scripture say? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens, I will come into him, into him, and I will sup with him and he with me. There will be an inner fellowship of supernatural life that transforms you as a mere human being to something that is supernatural. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. How many of you know that verse? How many of you know what the word creature really means? You know, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Well, geez, you guys are in Africa. You got a jillion creatures over here. <laughs> Which one are you? But that's not what it says. It says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new species. He is a new species. He is something completely different. He is a multidimensional being. He is not all man because he is filled with God. And he's not all God because man is wrapped around him. So this species is a being that is the God-man who can go in and out of dimensions, who can hear God's voice, who can understand the, 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 the seasons and the, and the times of what he has planned, and they are willing to hear what others are unable to hear. Not just unwilling to hear, unable to hear. Yeah, I, I read a study, a psychological study that says the reason people get stuck in ruts because their subconscious dismisses a new thought before that thought can consciously come into their mind. They hear something. The brain hears it, doesn't like it, zaps it before it even reaches your consciousness. Holy smoke. That's pretty ridiculous, isn't it? God. Let us hear your voice. Talk to us spirit to spirit. I don't want to be locked in. I don't want to be myopic in my view. I don't want to be tunnel visioned in the call of God in this last hour. If, if everything we've done would have been able to transform the earth, it would have been transformed by now. All the money, all the time, all the effort, all the sermons all the radio and TV and podcasts and Facebook and Twitter, everything we have done, if, this, if we were doing the right thing, according to our own doctrine, the world would have changed by now. 
Who is going to have the courage to say, we have yet to discover the inner Christ? I'm telling you, within you is a vast land I call the undiscovered Christ. It's Christ in all his power, all his love, all his mercy, all his glory. Things that we have never dreamed about. Things that creativity, that, that, that release creativity in us. That cause us to be able to do things and say things and experience things that we have never touched before. In you is the great undiscovered Christ saying, come to me, all ye who are weary. Are you tired of this stuff? Are you tired? You remember when Jesus went, uh, he went to a feast, and at first he wasn't going to go. And then at the end he decided, okay, I'll go. So he goes at the feast, and the scripture says, on the last, it was the last day of the feast. It was the last day of the great feast. Now, I don't know about you, but when you go to a conference, at the last day, you are filled you are stuffed. Physically and spiritually. The way it should be. Jesus, what an abiding indictment. He walks among all these conference goers and he says, Is anyone thirsty? <laughs> oh my goodness. Is this religion satisfying you? Is this religion doing the number in your life you want it to do? I'm telling you, the time has come. It's right now. Pastor, I'm sorry. I can't get away from it. It's now. It's now. It's now. I can say it a thousand times. It's now. He's looking for people who will say yes to him right now. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know where you're going to go. I don't know what happens next. But I know he's looking for hearts. He's looking for places where his presence can be pleased to dwell. He's looking for mercy seats upon on which he can dwell, uh, people through which he can live and move and have his being, people through which he can display his life to the world. I don't care if you're a factory worker, a groundskeeper, a pastor, or a president. Wherever you are, whatever you do, if you yield, you are the light of the world. Yeah. And this nation, this continent, this world needs the light of the world. I can't say it enough at times. He's looking for you, and this is crazy. I don't know who you are. I don't know, but th th these guys over here, I walk by you, and it's like God is saying, get up. Listen to me. Respond. He's not messing around. This is your day of visitation. This is the day where God's coming here. You're going to look back. You're going to look back in this in time, and you're going to be able to say, this is the day. God drew the line. This is the day God said, say yes to me. This is the moment of transformation. This is the moment of, of renewal. This is the moment of new beginnings where everything I thought was so awesome isn't so awesome. All the cool things I thought I was going to do, they ain't that cool. What I want is the living Christ living and moving through me so that, the, sorry about that, so the world can see him through you. He's looking for people just like you and you and you and you who are going to say yes to him, who are going to respond to him, who are going to say, 
I don't know what the plans are. I don't even want to be religious. I don't even, I'm not sure I like being in here. I'm, I'm just being real. I'm telling you that there is a transformation of the inner man that's going to change everything you believe. There's a transformation of the inner man where the living Christ lives and moves and transforms you to the point where you're going to question things you never thought you'd question, but you're going to discover things you never knew existed. Christ is in you, and he is the world's hope, and he's in you. And many, he's in seed form, and some, he, the plant's already started, and some, it's, it's almost a, a fully grown tree. People who aren't going to be gimme, 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 but give, give, give. People that aren't going to be looking for fruit to pick off of somebody else's life, that are going to be bearing the fruit of the Spirit, that are bearing the nourishment that the world is longing for. Where are the people who are going to be the givers of life? And not those who suck the life out of a nation and out of a continent. Where are the givers? And when it is Christ who is moving through you, I'm telling you something, there is no end, there is no burnout. Burnout comes when you do it in the flesh. A hose, you know, we have a swimming pool in our backyard. We fill that water up, 27,000 gallons of water at a hose. Halfway full, the hose doesn't say, man, I'm just burned out. I've been just, this water's been running through me all day. What do you want from me? I need a rest. No, I, Now, you, you clog that hose, and you don't let it flow, and eventually that hose is going to blow up. But if you let it flow, it's going to flow. Flowing in the fullness of God is not tiring. It is fulfilling. It is invigorating. It is giving. It is enticing. It makes you addicted to the presence of God. I'll tell you what, I am addicted to my king. I'm addicted to him. I'm addicted. I, I can only do, I can only say what I see. I want to let him live through me. The sense of fulfillment, the sense of accuracy, the sense of his presence, the sense of his mighty love and transformation, transformational power is too great, it's too good to give up for anything of this world. Nothing in this world matches the glory of surrendering to King. And I'm telling you, that's what I'm offering you tonight. Your world will change. I'm just not an itinerant preacher passing through. I don't even do that. I don't even like it. I don't even want it. But just show me some people who will listen long enough to capture what I'm saying. And I can talk to them all night. What time do you guys go to work in the morning anyway? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Pastor, I don't know what you want to do with this, but I'm pretty much done. I this ministry has come to you to live from every nation Madrid. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmadrid.org.